So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast with a really fucking big flag. That's a big flag. Well, I'll tell you where they get it from, is that every time we don't sell a t-shirt, I donate the material to the American flag charity. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that likes to set off fireworks in the daylight because we're fucking geniuses. Yeah, it's not Singapore, you twat. No, but it's my Fifth Amendment right to bear fireworks whenever I want. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that has genuinely lost track of the season's controversies. Wing, wing, engine, engine, budget, floppy, bouncing, bouncing, budget, budget, Dietrich Madison. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that throws meatballs at Kevin Magnussen. Meatball flags. But also works because the balls, balls, meatballs, flags, meatball flags, hars, meatball flags, flags, balls, sucking balls, meatball flags, hars. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Chica Ayers, and why did nobody tell me that childcare is difficult? Almost as difficult as having a Grand Prix without any wild inconsistencies that everyone gets annoyed about. But the baby is less whiny. Anyway, we're going to talk about the US Grand Prix 2, and it was a sequel far better than the original Miami race earlier in the year. Max Verstappen won, eventually sealing the manufacturer championship for Red Bull and Dietrich Mateschitz, who died and really put a downer on the weekend. We'll talk about that and the seemingly endless stream of bollocks that always accompanies the racing. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who is ensuring his future safety. It's Phil Tromans. This sounds like a Terminator story. Have you got to go? It's it's, it's a lot like a Terminator story. It's more like a sort of Sergio Perez story. You know, Perez is famous for making his tyres last a long time. Did you just buy some tyres? Just bought a tyre. Because I thought I had a puncture this week. 
As, as it turned out, I didn't, but that's by the by. And I thought, it's okay, I've got a space saver, like a spare tyre in the boot of my car, I'll use that. So just, you know, because I was a bit worried that this might happen when I'm miles away from home, went to check it. Still there, unworn, never used, brilliant. Looked at the date on it, and it's from 2001. Um, which is older than a tyre should be for use on the road. They recommend replacing tyres maybe every five years, maximum ten. So I took it in to be changed today, and the girl that changed it for me at the tyre shop said woman. that it was the... F- no, well, we'll Sorry, get to the that. The girl who changed it at the woman's shop. Yeah, the girl who changed it at the woman's <laughs> shop. Well, my point was that the lady, the woman who changed it at the um, uh, at the tyre shop, said it was the first time she'd ever changed a tyre that was older than she was. Ooh, grand. So, uh, yeah. How did that make you feel? Pretty old, but also pretty happy that I've got a new tyre. <laughs> and alongside him is a man who is back at the Beeb. It is <gasps> Terry Saunders. You've moved back. I am working at the BBC again, which is very confusing. So In the UK? This, yes, but from Berlin. Oh. The, sa- the same BBC that when I left to come here said, sorry, there's no way you could work from Berlin have come back and gone, hey, we found a form. you just got to fill this in. You come up from Berlin. (coughs) They've forged um, new relationships with Germany, have they? Apparently so. Peace in our time, is it? I'm basically what's keeping Brexit together. No, hang on. What's tearing Brexit apart? I don't know what it is, but it's been a very interesting week. Reconnecting with old friends on Zoom. um, Remembering which fonts they use. and Catching up with the shit show going on in Britain at the moment. Yeah, turns out a lot's been going on, hasn't it? I've not been paying attention. I'm not saying it all started to go to shit when you left, but, you know, gestures broadly to everything. Is it time for my triumphant return? Oh, my God. Could you come back and depose Rishi? So what are you doing? Foreign section? Well, no, I'm Brexit opportunities. The opportunity is move to fucking Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting. Chica, have you, uh, what have you been doing? So I was yesterday declared roadworthy. Oh, by Shemine, like my tyres. My, <laughs> unlike yours. The driver instructor said, oh, I've never seen one this old. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Shamim, my beloved driving instructor. <gasps> so yesterday. what does this mean? What does this mean? Uh, it doesn't really mean anything, to be honest. Oh. It means that I'm apparently safe to be released onto the roads. This is uh, tremendous Yesterday news. we did my final lesson, which was dual carriageways and complex roundabouts. Complex roundabouts? Well, like the magic roundabout in Swindon. Like As in five, man- round- five roundabouts in one. I mean, part of the lesson was watching a video of another driving instructor oh. doing teaching about roundabouts, and I was like, "I'm paying <laughs> to watch this," but you know, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. So I am now, uh, you know, I'm free to be released onto the roads. This is brilliant news. Will you be driving an FP1 Thank in you. any of the uh, races at the end of the year? Yeah, I'm. Uh, hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting. It was so a you, super license, by the way. Okay. Just pra- I was practicing on the A3, but it is a super license. So you've already got a license, haven't you? Yes. So this is like refresher test. This isn't you've got a yeah. new driving test. So um, yeah. So I hadn't driven for eight years. So I did refresher lessons. I thought I'm going to hop behind the wheel. I'm just going to crack back on. It's me in the open road. I was so fucking horrendous that I needed to uh, have some lessons, and it's taken six two-hour lessons with Shamim basically it's two hours of bliss of like child free yes just heaven oh, of what like... a great idea you should tell tom going oh god it's going really badly i think i'm gonna to have to do another block of six lessons and then <laughs> just like go to a cafe every day yeah, yeah. yeah. then he'll turn on the tv and see, quid, see you in the young driver test at abu dhabi yeah 
Welcome to the endless twists and turns of Listener's Corner, where you, the listener, try and find the right line to our hearts. Let's start with the controversy that we're calling End Plate Gate, because why not? People are angry, so let's go to Tim Mrenler to explain. He says, I'm really confused, so bear with me. Haskars have twice gotten meatball flags for having loose flappy things on their wings. Perez got a slap on the wrist and then a five-second penalty for being more than 10 car lengths away from the safety car and was allowed to go and see stewards after Singapore to plead his case. In the race, Gasly gets an immediate penalty for not being within 10 cars and is not given the chance to buster up the stewards. Perez and Alonso both have flappy bits on the cars and are not shown meatball flags. Both flappy bits subsequently fly off and Alonso gets a 30 second penalty, even though no one told him to sort it out. And Perez gets nothing. Does it only count if the flappy thing stays on for five laps or more? Or had the FIA decided that as well as being too upset to continue talking about the cost gap, Red Bull would be too upset to get a racing penalty? I'm glad F1 has got more consistent this year. And Scott Chegg says, I mean, there's bits hanging off my car too, but you don't hear me making a song and dance about it. <laughs> His name's Scott, Scott Chegg. Yeah. <laughs> I think we read that out last time and nobody nobody picked up on it, but I was like, mm, he's an egg. Anyway, oh, Scotch Egg! Scotch egg. <laughs> I was just thinking that Chegg's a shit name. Very good. Unless it's actually his name, in which case, oh my god, Scott, I'm so sorry. You must get all, all the time. Uh, right. Inconsistencies in applying the rules in Formula One. This never happens. Oh. Well, apparently there have been two rotating race directors this year, and that's the problem. Because yeah, well, sometimes these things happen when they're looking the other there way. Were. Yes, now there's only one because one of them has been given the Phil De Freitas, the 80s cricketer, is gone. And now it's just Nicholas Witchell. Now it's Phil Jupiter's. <laughs> Moving on, which is what Red Bull boss Dietrich Mateschitz did just before qualifying. Mateschitz was the co-founder of Red Bull and a very important figure in motor racing over the past 30 years or so. Founding two F1 teams, funding countless young drivers and pouring a ton of cash into all sorts of other sports while flogging billions of pounds worth of fizzy drinks. His passing A. His passing at the age of 78 is undoubtedly big news and lots of people had lots of very nice things to say about him and his passing also seemed to put a pause on talking about Red Bull overspending. Stuart Murray said that was one hell of a penalty for the cost cap. Charles Mussard said don't recall Ferrari celebrating with hats at Mons 88. Ben Turnbull says money can't buy happiness but it can possibly buy a world world championship. Ryan Chapman said, all the salty Hamilton fans are crying now. This entertainment is worth whatever amount Red Bull overspent. Paul Johnson said, Sky F1 spent most of the Grand Prix mourning matter shits and didn't have time to talk about Hask Harvey Cook, who passed away at just 31 after battling cancer. But he wasn't a billionaire who had a long and fruitful life. So he doesn't matter. Well... Many things to talk about here. First of all, in fairness to Sky, they did talk about Harvey Cook, who was a Haas uh, mechanic uh, who passed away just before the weekend and was very sad. And I think the Haas guys were all wearing black armbands and did a very nice tribute to him. But yes, then then the boss of Red Bull dies. Um, and I think it's understandable that you know Sky went quite heavy on it. Um, well, it's like when Mother Teresa died, isn't it? Uh, is it? Well, lots of people were talking about how great she was and then other people were going, yeah, but there's a few little bits and bobs that maybe no, we shouldn't talk you know, about right now. Do you know what Do you know what day Mother Teresa died? Uh, July the 3rd. Same day as Princess Diana. Oh, yes, she did. No. Yes. She did. So she wasn't in the news. Yeah, because she was in the car, wasn't she? 
And it, this is a tricky one because everyone was being very nice about Dietrich Mateschitz, and he was incredibly important in Formula One. Uh, nobody was sort of mentioning the slightly dubious politics that he has. Maybe we'll what? just gloss over them, but I would encourage you all to read up about his politics and the people he supports and the TV channels he starts. Oh, is he one of them? Yeah, unfortunately so. Oh. Um, I don't think his importance to F1 in the last few years can really be overstated. We don't talk a huge amount about him because he never really courted publicity. You never really see him that much. He doesn't do interviews, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, two F1 teams, a ton of drivers and a ton of other stuff in, in motorsport, in other sports, blah, 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 blah. Big deal. Now he's gone. Don't know what this will mean for Red Bull. But yes, it did, for some reason, mean that because they were sad, they couldn't talk about the cost gaps. But they could wear, you know, cowboy hats and celebrate two world championships and a race win. Just saying. The best tribute to him is some kind of obfuscation of the rules. (laughs) (laughs) So well done to them. Yeah. I don't want people to think that we're not saying that he wasn't really important. You know, nothing is black and white. People are people are very grey, and he was because he was seventy-eight. Have you been watching his TV channel? <laughs> well, yes. Um, a lot of people owe a lot to him in F one, and uh, yeah, it'll leave a big void, I'm sure. And I think it's fair to say he's funded all of these teams in all different sports, but also he's indirectly been the most responsible for most of the Formula E grid because they all came from the Red Bull Young (laughs) Races reject scheme. So actually, Formula E has a lot. So I hope that all the Formula E at the next race wears jeans and has (laughs) weird applause and then some strange body rigor. What are we doing? I actually read an interesting fact that's sort of related directly to him is that the the reason he founded Red Bull, i.e. he bought Jaguar and then later Minardi for Alpha Tauri, was because he remember he was he was in bed with with Sauber for a long time. Like I think he was a, a majority owner in Sauber, maybe, and the they were all branded mm. Sauber and so on. And the only reason he left them apparently was because they wouldn't sign Enrique Bernaldi. And he was like, "Well, I think he's a brilliant driver, and you should." And I'm leaving, and I'm starting my own team. And that's how the whole Red Bull F1 millions of world championships began because of Enrique Bernaldi. So amid all the controversy, Austin did actually put on a very entertaining race. Elaine Malfast-Jones says, Ricardo made me so sad. No cost cap penalty yet made me mad. Hamilton on the podium made me glad. And the Haas suits were really rad. Not enough rap in this podcast. Oh, Elaine, that was great. Ken Owen said, great race, but not enough shots of cheerleaders for me. Fuck off, Ken. Bit old man, Ken. Ken. (laughs) Fuck you, Ken. And Will Bowen says, look, America, this is what happens when you organise Grand Prix on proper racetracks instead of car parks in Miami. It was a good race. Was it a good race? I thought it was a good race. I enjoyed it. Okay, end off. In other news, with his win this weekend, Max Verstappen has equaled the record for most wins in the season, 13, tied with Michael Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel. So does that mean that Verstappen is one of the best ever now? No, because when Schumacher no. did it, there were only 12 races in a season. That's true. That's, no, that's a genuine fact. There were 12 races and he won 13 of them because he's, he was so good at that point. What he lapped, is that one race where he lapped everyone, including himself? Yeah, and they gave him an extra win yeah. uh, to, to make up for it. No, I think when Schumacher did it, there were, I'm not Googling it, shut up, uh, 18 races? 18. 18 races. 18, no. And when Vettel did it in 2013, there were 19 20 races. races. So, you could say that he's 
I mean, I don't think there's any doubt at this point that Max Verstappen is a very, he's, very, very good driver. He's doing very well. He is. He is. He's good at driving a racing car. Mm-hmm. And he's good at driving a cheating racing car even more. That's not- yet to be decided. No, no, that has been decided. If we're doing our top 10s, the best drivers ever, is, is Verstappen in there yet? Oh, okay. Top 10 I- best drivers ever. Nigel Mansell, Ayrton Senna, Alain Prost. I think he, he'd have to go in there, wouldn't he? You Lewis can just Hamilton. ignore him. He must be knocking on the door. Enrique Binaldi, Max Verstappen. Sure. Bruno Giacomelli. I th- I'd say Carl he's about Marquez. sixth or seventh on the all-time list. He must be up there, yeah. Yeah. Sterling Moss, Jack Brabham. I'm just saying old names. <laughs> Juan Manuel Fangio, Dick Seaman. Driver news. Lots of drivers had an FP1 session Austin, but only one has bagged a seat for next year. It's not Antonio Giovinazzi who had an outside chance of a Haas drive next year, but binned Kevin Magnussen's car on his second lap and didn't get to drive again. No, it's an American. Logan Sargent is currently doing rather well in F2 and is all set for Nicholas Latifi's Williams seat next year. If he can get enough super license points... So, is this Sergeant Major news? <laughs> Sergeant Major. Beatles, Beatles, best. Sergeant, oh yeah, that's a, that's a, oh, there's going to be so many puns we can do next year if he comes in. This is great news for the podcast. Well, He's got to finish seventh or above in the Formula 2 Championship, which is basically just turning up. And he's, I, I, I think he's third finish. at the moment, and there's like one race I left. reckon He's probably fine. I reckon I could finish seventh in Formula 2. <laughs> give, me, give me another lesson, Mr. Shameem. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, so he's doing that. I think you did. You know, you get super license points for doing FP one. If you just do FP one, so Giovinazzi got a super license point for going out and crashing Kevin Magnussen's car immediately. So a way to bow out of Formula One, exactly. <laughs> by, <laughs> by making a complete ass of making a complete ass of yourself. Anyway, um, so Sergeant's going to be doing at least two more FP one sessions. Yes, sir. Coming up. And so, yes, I'm sir. still hanging on to my promotion jokes for when he does get the seat. Every time so, he does well, he'll go up a rank. Bombardier Logan. <laughs> I saw an interview with him. I quite like him. Seems all right. I haven't seen an interview with him. Is he, is he nice? Is he quite American? He just seems like he's, he's very American, very charismatic. What kind of American sort of are we talking? Like if you were to compare him to a celebrity John interviewer. Hamm. John Hatt. Oh, no, that's a good American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He has, a lot of, he has a lot of charisma. Charisma. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll look forward to him then, unless he turns out to be a dick. No, I'm going to nail my penis to the flag. <laughs> what is the phrase I'm looking for? I always get that wrong. What is Colours the to the mast? My... Ah, yes. <laughs> nail, <laughs> nail my, my... dick. <laughs> I prefer yours. <laughs> <laughs> nail my penis to the flag. Well, you saw how big that flag was. was. Oh, you just... It's not big enough though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Still a bit dripping over the end. Oh. Anyway... Uh... <laughs> I meant drooping. Dripping freedom. (laughs) Dripping blood because of the nails. (laughs) Anyway. God bless America. I'm I'm saying it now. He's my new favourite driver. Wow. Okay. What if he doesn't get enough super license points? He will. He's just got to finish seventh in Formula 2. I could do that. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we are right, then why not buy us a beer? It will help you sleep at night. That is what Emily Knights did. She said, my brother introduced me to FF1S and 
as a typical little sis, I'm behind the times. So I've been listening to your back catalogue. I've heard a lot of comments my bro has sent in, but just like in real life, he hasn't bought a pint. So have one on me. Oh, thanks. Cheers, Emily. Yeah, this is it. Smash that fucking patriarchy. Your brother riding on our coat, just give free content we're giving him yeah. all these years with his comments, and not once <laughs> has he bought us a drink. No, so I hope Emily you feel Knight. bad. Your brother, Michael Knight, sure, driving well, around yeah. in your with in your kit. So, wish I could remember my Knight Rider references, Devon, sure. Is that what it was said? Um, I'm not sure it was. Hello, <laughs> 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 oh, there, <are> Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, we go into uh, what's that Leonard Skinner I got a brand new Chevette Knight Rider and I'll give you the key <sighs> thank you Emily anyway, anyway you're the best yeah. knight yeah well, Wait, that I'm sounds you, you know what I mean okay moving on and thanks to our monthly donors who are just super cool they are neil fraser super cool hear the world are coming smash salad and scrambled eggs keith falconer okay terry's got chris this. lee lee and herring bernard war war i got a brand new combine <laughs> jenny and ralph brynard oh. i hope you're still together <laughs> Bryce Davies. <laughs> nice to see you. To see you, Bryce. <laughs> Andrew Cunningham. Monday, Tuesday, happy days. <laughs> David Finlay. Finlay Inspector Casebook. Bergerac. <laughs> Jason R. Bradley. Jason R. I got a brand new combine harvester. <laughs> And Gabriel Rosencoater. I got a brand new Gabriel <laughs> Rosencoater and I'll give you the key. Boom, 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 boom. Join them. Head them to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. What about us? Well, this was Verstappen's weekend again, and he used it to voice his opinions a lot over the radio. He didn't like the settings or his drivability, and he didn't like the wind. Can't be easy being a world champion. But now Red Bull are champions of the world, and the game's over. What do you think Christian Horner is like to be around now? So if you were going to go to brunch with Horner, what would it be like? I mean, maybe now he's really nice. He's probably really nice because he's allowed to have sex with his wife this one time of the year. She only lets him have sex when he wins the constructors. Yeah, the rest of the time he has to choose one of the other Spice Girls. Really? Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit reductivist. Yeah. Well, they all live together. You don't think Jerry doesn't <laughs> live with the rest of the Spice Girls? Of course she does. They're the Spice Girls. They all live together in a big house. Christian moved in. That's how it works. Right. But you're still saying that they get used for kind of sex object no no Christian Horner gets used for sex object oh that's okay he's like a plaything of the Spice Girls much like Formula One is everything's controlled by the the Spice Spice Girls Girls. come on Terry (laughs) this is obvious stuff anyway what was the question (laughs) Christian Horner Red Bull Christian Horner I don't know I got got a feeling feeling deep deep inside inside. oh yeah 
Oh god, we've become I've become we've become dad age, haven't we? When Come on, that just stop happened? singing more. <laughs> that just happened. More opinions. No, I I th- my opinion is that Christian Horner is probably actually a lovely man to have dinner with. Oh fuck a, off! No, no, no because not. it no because it's all a fucking act. Because he just does it all to kind of curry favour with the teams with and the Dietrich camera. Dietrich He's he off the leash. It's all, but he knows it's all bullshit. But he plays the game. He's like an actor. And then I bet if you're if you're in his kind of close Milton, uh, does he live in Milton Keynes? He's got a country house or something probably. If you're if you're there with him and he, you're his mate, he's probably hey, just Hattie a normal nice guy like Jerry Hardywell. No, they they don't speak. <laughs> they they've got one of those marriages. <laughs> That's because they keep him in a cage. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've, right. I, I've, I remember years and years and years ago I interviewed him and he was fine that's my Christian See, Horner story I would like to talk about Max Verstappen being a grade A absolute fucking <laughs> to his team when he had the bad pit stop like oh yeah he was quite sarky wasn't he because there's, there's ways of kind of go we win as a team we lose as a team blah 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 but just carry on the pits going oh beautiful guys beautiful guys it was a you little fucked bit, up it was yeah. a little bit Christian Bale on set wasn't it it was like oh well done guys You're t- we're done professionally like I'd like to go back to that you know that Monaco where he crashed I just have the radio go the team going oh beautiful Max oh well done Max <laughs> fucking <twat. laughs> oh god it's fucking wanker and especially wasn't it wasn't the mechanic's fault. It was clearly the wheel gun was fucked. No. So it's like I think they yeah, should I, th- just... I think they should be allowed to have a go at him now because you know they've won the championship. There's nothing else to race for. Mm. Every time yeah. Max does something, oh yeah, oh maybe you could try turning around the corner properly this time, Max. No, I think next time there's a pit stop, they should just all stand there with their with their arms crossed, going, oh yeah, not so cocky now, are you, mate? Yeah. And then they fucking pour petrol into the cockpit. And <laughs> <laughs> this is what we did to your dad. <laughs> 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 It'd be a shame if something else was to happen to another Verstappen, wouldn't it, mate? <laughs> you reckon they're all London gangsters? <laughs> oh, this is most unfortunate. I'm just saying, mate. <laughs> what a horrible thing it would be if uh, you're, you were to catch fire like your old man did, eh? <laughs> oh, Bernie Yoss, we called him. <laughs> we used to call him nickname? Bernie. We used to call him Eccleston. <laughs> You know, oh God! Max, Mo- Max Mosey wasn't even into kinky stuff. We planted that on him. <laughs> we took him down. We'll take you down too, son. Yeah. Now run along because <laughs> a cup of tea. And said I didn't pay us our protection money. Okay. That Johnny Herbert owed us money. Yeah. <laughs> Perez was there as well. Hmm. So, oh, uh, fuck Perez. Okay. What do you think of him? Hey, I mean, <laughs> fine. He had a crash with Bottas. Got involved in N-Plate Gate. Uh, yeah. Couldn't get past Leclerc. So N-Plate Gate, what, what is going on there? We didn't even talk about it. So like, so when Magnussen has consistencies in the rules. It's, it's, it's October in Germany. People let off fireworks in the street. Um, the... Uh, yeah, but Magnussen, they were like, in a couple of laps, they were like, you've got to come in. Yeah, and this keeps happening and to him. He's, he's had more meatball flags, the yeah. black and orange warning, your car is but, falling apart flags, so you have to come in, but, than anybody else Prez, this year. I think Prez this is the third a few laps. But Prez has a few laps, and then to prove it's dangerous, a bit of sharp carbon fibre falls off onto the yeah, track. Yeah, and not and just like, a little oh. bit, like a fucking wing mirror. Like, a wing mirror in the face at 200 miles an hour is going to hurt. Luckily, it didn't hit anyone. But it was flapping around, flapping around, flapping around, then it went off. No, no, nothing at all. But then after the race, the race 
stewards had a go at the race directors saying we can't believe that you didn't call me so it's like internal wrangling between the powers that be at formula one. Oh, it's like the tory party it is very much like the tory party in probably in a lot of ways um you know general incompetence infighting very right-wing views i mm. assume <laughs> we know nothing about their politics. I mean, they might all be, oh, you know, limp-wristed lefties, but <laughs> I suspect it's more likely what, that they're what, not. What, what, what lefties, Phil? <laughs> Falafel. But, I don't know. I'm assuming. I mean, I'm quite left, but <laughs> I assume that's what people on the far, far, far left. We've always called you fascist Phil, though. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> With two Fs. Mercedes. Considering on straight lines this car goes about the same speed as me on the A3, Hamilton did incredibly to end up on that podium, and Russell helped by taking out signs on the first corner. Do you think Hamilton finished the race thinking, oh, second place, or oh, second place? I think the former. I think he'll probably be pretty pleased with that, because there was no way he was keeping Verstappen behind. The car's just not It was a bit enough. upsetting, though, wasn't it? I mean, we had a, sh- a glimmer of it was only a glimmer of hope because, you know, signs had taken himself out. Leclerc was misplaced. Uh, Verstappen had a bad pit stop. So, you know, if he had a one, it would have been a classic kind of underdog. You, you won this race because everyone else fucked up, which is a sort of valid win. Yeah. But it did seem for a, for a few laps, it was like, oh, my God, he might actually do this. And this would be, it'd be a good fairy tale for the year, you know. That means he'd had a win every year he's competed, etc., etc. It, it would have needed to be races. like a colossally bad pit stop for Verstappen for it to have been. Like, if it had caught him towards yeah. the end, then, but like, with, with what, five, six laps to go, he's right behind. It was like, well, obviously, he's going to get past him quite easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I just have to take it, it, issue with one thing you said where you said science took himself out. I think you'll find that it was actually George Russell who shamelessly smashed into the side of poor, defenseless Carlos Sainz and took him out of the race. And that's why Russell got a five second penalty. That's what I said. No, but Terry said that Science took himself out, and I'm just taking oh, issue right. with that because Science was, according to them, according to the stewards, completely blameless in that crash. But he did jinx around him. He yeah, did he a little bit. He did a little bit, didn't he? I was very Russell, surprised that Russell got is, that is, penalty. Russell said he was. He put his hands up and said, "I, I was he responsible did. for that." And I was surprised about wasn't. that as well. <laughs> He, but yeah, Sainz... because Russell's so boring. He got told off and he's like, oh my God, I don't want to be naughty. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I, I do wonder if there was an element of that. Like I saw that. I was like, oh, well, that's got racing incident written all over it. Because Russell was on the line that you'd expect him to be on the line through that corner. Sainz cut back inside on the outside of the corner and basically turned into Russell's path. I'm not quite sure where he was meant to go. You know, George Russell, I'll, I'll admit it now, knows a bit more about racing than I do. But I was very surprised that A he got a penalty and B that he admitted that he was at fault because I've watched it a couple of times now and like don't see anything wrong with it fine well I think he got a five second penalty rather than a fine but <laughs> hey <laughs> do you reckon it uh, Hamilton coming second could have made Mercedes more optimistic about next season I think I think they've got some optimism for next year. I think, you know, I hope they're better next year. Well, it seems to me that Mercedes this year haven't had the car. That's their fundamental issue. Like Ferrari have had the car and just thrown it all away with general incompetence. Mercedes seem generally to have been pretty on it. 
in terms of strategy and like maximizing everything but the car's just not fast mm. enough and i think i think it was a couple of weeks ago now we haven't talked about it there there was talk that they were going to ditch their crazy side pods for next year and, and go back to a sort of more let's say traditional design to try and find a bit more speed out of the car and you'd have to think that Which- if if that works and it's a big if that they'll be right back in it because they don't really fuck up that much but it's a shame because I was looking at that car at the weekend, watching it in HD, and all right, money packs. It looks nice. It does with the no side pods, all kind of wibbly wobbly on the end, mm. like a. It's quite like sleek from the back. It looks quite sleek and <coughs> torpedo esque. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But like mm. a torpedo, mm. not very fast. Next oh, no, blows <laughs> what goes on the Not not like a torpedo at all. Not like a torpedo at all. Um. Yeah, but well done, Lewis. Yeah, you did very well. What was annoying about it was, it's just it's like for the for the for the fucking Dutch. <laughs> you know that, even though us as Formula One experts and pundits, we know that Verstappen was on faster tires. He had a faster car on a DRS stretch of track. It was actually quite an easy overtake. But it's just going to add more fuel to those kind of people that go, oh, Max Verstappen's better than Lewis because look how we overtook him. And I don't want to be the kind of person that says, oh, my God, it's boring that the cars are so fast. But I just wish they had even cars for one year. so It's one race. Just one corner. I think every year they should just do Silverstone again. Not just a non-championship race, but it's compulsory. And everyone has to have, you know, equal machinery. Just so we can see. The closest we ever got, you remember Felipe Massa's karting thing a few years ago that I don't think he does anymore. And he'd always get a completely random winner. Be like Lutzi. Yeah. They should just do go karting. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, I mean, they did it years ago as well. There was, I think it was 1990 or something, they did an indoor karting at, in Paris. And I think Senna was still really, really, really good, which surprised nobody. But yeah. 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 But it's so complicated, isn't it? Because what's the car you choose? Because whatever car you choose, it will suit some drivers, it won't suit other drivers. Alonso and Hamilton and probably Verstappen will be able to adapt to it brilliantly well. If Ricardo. It's, Ricardo won't, unless it happens to be one that he gets on perfectly well with and then he'll be really quick again. So it's a tricky one, isn't it? F1 is complicated, they say. <laughs> Turns out Ferrari. it's harder than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Ferrari. This really could have been their race. Signs... However, Sainz didn't have a great start, but to be honest, that was the least of his worries when he was smacked into by Russell 250 metres into the race and the rest is history. Leclerc is a great driver. He went from 12th to 3rd, but will he ever win a championship? And if you're wrong, you have to give all your money to Dogs Trust. I mean, I've got a mortgage, so I'm well into minus figures, so the Dogs Trust going to owe me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't really care for money. Um, <laughs> so now, money's a human concept. Um, I, I live like the dog. <laughs> I, I, I have people sponsoring me every month. Um, no, he won't. This was his best year. They fucked it up. I sort of reluctant. I think with Ferrari, mm-hmm. I reluctantly agree. I just can't see them getting it together. I just think it's such an ingrained culture of just like. The thing is, he's. Will he's he always nailed- drive for Ferrari? Well, he's nailed his penis to the Ferrari flag for like another four years or something. And Ferrari, unless, I mean, like we've said many times, Ferrari need like another Ross Braun to come in and shake shit up. Mm. So until they do that, 
because they're talking about um, what's the main guy's Benotti. They're talking that he's got his days are numbered. Benotto, Benotti. It's fucking. It's the plural. Yeah. <laughs> well, they need more than one of him. That was a problem. He was a yeah. good engine guy. If they but start getting Benotti yeah. in, maybe they'll sort it out. But what they'll do because they're Ferrari, or they'll just bring another identical Italian up the ranks, <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, another one, <laughs> and it, they won't change anything. What they need. I'm sorry, Italy, if, you're, if you're, there's any Italians hearing this, but I'm sorry, but what you need is a gruff Englishman, like Ross... Is it Ross Brown English or is he Scottish? He's no, he's English, yeah. He's English. They need another... another gr- see, see, look at me. Don't mind offending the Italians or the Dutch, but the Scottish, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, you have now, but yeah. Yeah, fuck them. But um, the, they need a gruff Englishman to come in and fix their mess. Who's it's like Brexit in reverse? Who's, I'm just Googling gruff Englishman. And we need... Ray Winston. <laughs> a bloke called William Gruff, who I've never heard of. Or Gruff Reese. He's Welsh. Doesn't work. Okay. Ray the Billy Goats Gruff. Ray Winston would do it. Oh, it's back to the London Mafia again, isn't it? For, uh, I'd be ashamed if... Uh, <laughs> Red Bull would be ashamed if... Uh, <laughs> something was to happen to one of your cars in Park, Park Firm. <laughs> <laughs> the Firm, as we call oh, it. Oh, it's all clicking together, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, McLaren. Norris got tactical and successful and Alonso's fuck-up meant that the gap is just two points between McLaren and Alpine. Ricardo, Oh, fetch me a fucking violin. This man's weekend was more Brokeback Mountain than Texas Grand Prix. What? The only car ahead of him was Latifi. What is next for this poor man? Well... Well, according to you, him and Latifi are going to go for a nice little holiday. Um, I think that's what I remember from the film. But, um, did you see I meant sort of look- more like sad, like walking along the mountains with a horse. And, you know. <laughs> Who's just- the horse? <laughs> the car. Oh, okay. Did you, did you see much of Ricardo this week? I just... I just saw his name always at the bottom of the list. He's and he's crying behind the smile. Mm. Yeah, he's doing all the crazy stuff. He's doing all the sort of like, oh look, we're playing American football on the thing. He's oh, came into the pit lane on uh, practice day on a horse. Oh. and then you see the interview afterwards, the race where he's like smiling. He's just like, oh, I've got to smile because otherwise I'm going to cry because I don't know what's going on and I'm just trying to get to the end of it. And he said that's pretty much what he said. He's like, I fucked it. And I, I don't know why. Do you why. reckon? Because no one can properly explain why he's so No, shit. even like he can't. Can do all the, yeah, we can deal with the kind of, oh, you know, the car's suited, you know, understeer, oversteer, blah, blah, blah. Do you reckon someone's sabotaging him? Hmm. That's interesting. The London Mafia. London Mafia, yeah. You see, uh, <laughs> ever since Daniel Ricciardo got his new race mechanic, Nobby yeah. Knuckles, uh, <laughs> Because the thing is, Daniel, you didn't pay your protection money to yeah. us, did you? All we want was hundred thousand euros every hour. And <laughs> if you don't pay it, you get a Chelsea smile. Yeah. Be a shame if you never got to drink out of a shoe again, wouldn't it, son? <laughs> if we cut your fucking feet off. <laughs> oh my god, they need to have loads of shoes spare. <laughs> Give you more feet. Give you so many feet, you can't have enough shoes. You. I. D- I did feel sorry for Ricardo this weekend because he. He's he's given up. He's out of the game. He's just like, and he doesn't he doesn't know what's happened. He's like, I was winning races. I was doing really well, and now I can't drive anymore, and I don't know why. And my, maybe, my F1 career is over. He, maybe he had like 
three wishes from a genie when he was a teenager and they've worn off. <laughs> or he just got Maybe drunk and like, me. Oh, I wish I could never drive. Oh, fuck. No, it's Quantum Leap. Maybe <sighs> this year he's been Sam Beckett. <laughs> Imagine being Sam said, Beckett. Oh, boy. Then waking up and you're, just, you're Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> you're a gormless <laughs> Australian racing driver. Oh. That's a new series of Quantum Leap. Maybe that's in it. Oh, fuck off, is there? Yeah, there is. Oh, fuck off, you fucking nerds. Leave the 80s alone. Alpine! Jesus Christ. Fucking sick of everything. <laughs> Shush. Alonso. Leave the where it is, but I love, I love it and said it. And Nigel Mansell. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Leave the past where it is, except for Nigel Mansell. Oh. What right. is he using Quantum Leap? Suck Stop it. Alonso is an experienced driver, but how he managed to drive a car that even Philip Schofield wouldn't touch into seventh place, I will never know. How did you feel when he was demoted to 15th, though? Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What's Philip Schofield got to do with this? Is this about the jump in the queue? No, webuyanycar.com. Oh, he's lost that gig. But he wouldn't what? buy that one. Well, he wouldn't now because he's lost that gig because he jumped mm, a queue or some him. shite. Dumb. What, Philip Schofield does We Buy Any Car? Yeah, he used to. Yeah. We buy any car above that, but he wouldn't even buy that piece of shit. You've been away too what? long. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Oh, Gordon the Gopher is, is the uh, doing kazoo. Um, this is the this is the first time I've been stumped by British popular culture. <laughs> I had no idea. I've, this is going to be slippery that, slope. Were you making yeah. all these jokes? I did find that because I lived abroad for a while as well and I found I completely lost touch of all the references and I sort of came back six years later I was like there's a huge chunk of references that people do every day that I don't understand and it's going to happen to you as well Terry sorry shit simples anyway what was the question Alonso how did I feel Mm. Uh, Mm. fairly apathetic I mean it's a shame he did drive really well the Alpine is clearly made out of the material from aeroplane black boxes uh, because it literally launched into the air, crashed back down, then just carried on, and then he made up a load of places. If anything, it made it better. I feel like... But then Alonso's Alonso, a dick, so I didn't really care. I, I just feel like every race, he's quite amazing in one way or shit in another way. There's, there's always something special going on with Alonso. And I feel like, and I'm not going to look at the stats, but I feel like he finishes seventh every week. <laughs> <laughs> Like whether he's crashing or winning or this or that, it's just like no matter where he is, it'll just end up seventh. And that would have been a good result, but he probably pissed off the stewards at some point in his career, whoever it was. Oh, he's pissed the ball off, yeah. He's yeah, called them all. The chief steward was probably Ron Dennis or something. Yeah, it's probably. And it's come up. back to bite him on the ass. Oh, it'd be a shame of you to remind you of the things you said in the past, Fernando, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You can tell a lot about somebody by the things they do. But don't tell. Uh, Timmy Knuckles, that. <laughs> Timmy Knuckles, who is uh, Timmy Mallet's cousin. <laughs> but leave the 80s alone. Ocon, what did we think about him? He started from the pit lane. Ocon, Tommy. Had an absolute shitter of a weekend. <laughs> well, actually, I say that. He had a terrible qualifying uh, and then started he in the pit did, lane. he was out. Yeah, and then he started in the pit lane because presumably they changed something. Or they just like, well, it might be better than you trying to start from the grid. Um, but he did, in fairness, get into the points, although he only got into 10th place because of Alonso, his teammate's penalty. So, overall, terrible. Starting from the pit lane was very nostalgic. I've seen you remember when I was a kid, cars always used to start at the pit lane. They were so unreliable, like they weren't days. sure they were going to get out. Aston Martin. 
If Aston Martin hadn't decided to do a brief interior clean and MOT on Vessel's car when he came into the pit, he could have done a lot better. And I mean, he wouldn't have won, but maybe sixth, which is a lot better than eighth. It was a great drive. Do you reckon he regrets his forthcoming retirement? Or do you reckon he's pumped for his 2023 saga holidays? The latter. He's mm. definitely in that last week of work where you're just like, I enjoy it again now because I know that I'm leaving you, yeah, cunt. There's no pressure. And it's just like... He's just doing a handover. Uh, I'm just going to try this yeah. mental outtake around the outside. Fucking hell, it worked. Maybe I'll try it again. I'm going to go for a two-hour lunch break. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, his hair is bad. Oh, no. Yeah. I like it. It's very much Bjorn Borg vibes. It looks a little bit like... Uh, who's that guy? It's Terry Saunders, but in Phil reverse. Tromans. No, he looks like you. I say it's, it looks like a cross between you and me because my hair's not curly. That was an indirect way of you saying curly than cut mine. your hair, Phil. I am actually getting my hair cut tomorrow morning. Ooh. How are get, what are you going to go for? You're Extensions. <laughs> anyway, just to say, I hope it goes well, Phil. Um, what, for the haircut? No, or? I... Yeah. Okay, thanks. I, I think... I think that... Um, yeah, it was a real shame that pit stop fucked up. I wish he'd done better. He was actually looking quite good. He, he just was looking quite good. Yeah. And it was just it was just a bit of a sad thing because you're like, that was in you these last few years, and you've just been an embarrassment. And now you're proving you're all right again. I think I think if he carries oh. on doing this, you know, he'll leave F1 with his head held high, and we'll all go, that fell. You know, the end of it all. Not such a bad guy. Yeah, Lance Stroll, on the other hand, has really helped his. Uh, next year's teammate relation <laughs> yes by taking him out with a dick move uh, which is a shame because he actually had quite a good weekend as well until that happened um, until he didn't yeah best of best of the non-good teams in uh, but, qualifying what makes it worse point. but he's a dangerous driving denier isn't he because he wow. said he left Alonso plenty of room well he did in terms of like there was space for another car next to him but the trouble was that he changed directions at exactly the same time as Alonso did so Alonso didn't have time to get to the place where there was the space because Stroll was in the way so they had a massive so he accident. didn't leave him plenty of room no he, well he yeah left him space on the track but not to get to the space on the track so mm. yeah penis Hass. ha had little to no expectation of bringing Glory home but Magnussen was actually not a massive fucking letdown Sorry, did you just say Glory Hole? <laughs> no is it Glory Home <laughs> he could have been impressive if it wasn't for a last minute overtake I, don't think I can't remember impressive. what Schumacher did no I can't remember what Schumacher did either apart from you know veer slowly towards the end of his F1 career um, but yeah, K-Mag, K-Mag had a good one. He's been, uh, you know, consistently meh most of the season, like, but but in a sort of an up and down way. His overall level is meh, but he's had some rude weekends and some lousy weekends, and this was a good one, I think. Eighth and mm. a half. Could have been seventh, apart from the last corner, but yeah, no, I did well. Alpha Tauri. Gasly now has so many penalty points, he's going to have to do an F1 awareness course. And Sonoda got a point. What is wrong with Gasly? 
And does he need me to run him through the highway code? He's very moany at the moment. He's mm. been very grumpy. I mean, I'm hoping that when he gets to Alpine, he'll calm down a bit. Yeah, when, he once he's with, with, with a teammate he hates. Yeah, he has been a bit of a dick, though, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah. But maybe maybe Alpha really are maybe Alpha Terry really are terrible type to work with. Because I bet they've got no ambition, have they? Well, I've always slightly wondered about this because, I mean, so much of the the whole two team structure at Red Bull does, and the the bringing in of the young drivers, unless they haven't got any that are good enough, and then they bring the failed Red Bull drivers back again, which is what they've been doing. It doesn't but doesn't do really make do sense. Same, do you reckon they do the same with mechanics? Maybe I don't know. Well, if you're not good enough for Red mechanics, yeah. Oh my god! It's like if you make a team. fuck up at Red Bull, you go to AlphaTauri. It's like being sent to Coventry. Or Milton Keynes. Yeah. Or, opposite. or where are they? Fianza? Because they're in Italy, Somewhere aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid Italy. Um, yeah, Sonoda did well. That's a point. Dietrich Manishitz has been trying to sell AlphaTauri for a few years. Has he? And now, obviously, yeah. Oh, I missed that. No, he's it's been really wanted. He's trying to get rid of it. No one that, who wants a Formula 1 team based in Italy. That's not Ferrari. But... um. I wonder what's going to happen to them now. Who's he going to leave it to? What's going to happen oh. to all of Red Bull now? It's a good question, actually. Buy a sale. Because does they won't even does be Red on Bull the grid go next back time. to ownership of the, the the Thai guy that founded it? I need a Thai guy. Thai guy. I don't know. They probably thought this through beforehand, didn't they? Nah. This isn't like, oh my god. All right, maybe they have. Just imagine if Red Bull turned up next week with no clothes, <laughs> <laughs> just jeans. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, that is the kind of thing that you'd think Red Bull would probably do. Oh. Alfa Romeo. Bottas oh, spun yet. elegantly into the gravel, which was aided by Perez, but mostly his fault. And Joe started from the pit lane, and I don't remember anything else he did. Uh, it got a good start, and then got the pit strategy all wrong, went on the wrong tyres, and finished 11th, which is tantalisingly close to a point, but not a point. He's he's done well this year, I think, Joe. It's still his first year, isn't it? Yeah. I've lost track now. This is his first year. No. Or was it last year? Yes. I don't know. I think no, he's done. I think he was the only rookie this year. He's so quietly he done quite well, I would say. Mm-hmm. A bit like Bottas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think well, I think Joe was generally better than Bottas this year, wasn't he? Try saying that when you've had a couple of well, matterships, <laughs> bourbons. I mean, I've had Williams. three of them. Looks like you're drinking jam. Anyway, Williams. I mean, they turn up, drive those cars, so hats off to them for that. Albon got into the top 10, which is both unbelievable, but also believable by the fact he finished in 11th. Latifi, well, his mum was probably proud. I mean, she probably wasn't. Latifi, remember, was it last race he got points, wasn't it? Was it last race or was it where she before? Yeah. Back to shit again now. Qualified last, finished last, was last, rubbish. What must it be like having a family member who's a Formula One driver, which is super cool, hmm. but also being a shit Formula One driver? I think it depends if you know about Formula One. I think yeah. if you don't really follow it, it's just like, his Formula One driver is super cool. But if it's a family member, like, at first you'll be like, oh, we get to go to all the races, it's all exciting and everything. And then after a while, like, like if you tell a mate, you're like, oh, do you know what? My cousin's a Formula One driver. And he's like, oh, really? Who is it? Lewis Hamilton? No, Nicholas Satifi. And they're like, uh, oh, I just not really a Formula One driver then. <laughs> it's like, this yeah. is it. Like, do you think... And you just wish that they were like a vet or something. At the end yeah. of the day, like, if you've got to Formula One, even the pay drivers, even the rich boys, you're a fucking good driver. Like, you, you can't get the super license points without being 
a fucking good driver in the general global scheme of it. But like, I don't know, there just doesn't seem to be any glory in just coming in for like a couple of years in a shit team and being the shittest driver in the shit team and just constantly being last. It's a funny one. And yeah, he'll probably go on to do, you know, he'll probably win Le Mans somewhere down the line or, you know, do the Indy 500 and probably win it like most of their recent winners are failed F1 drivers. I mean, if anything, that's a good advert to get into Formula One, isn't it? You, you use it for the onward career. It's like being a politician. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you could be that. It's like you Nick go Clegg going to Meta. He can go and work in a think tank. <laughs> yes, exactly. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So I've been looking closely at Sebastian Vettel this week with his terrible hair. <clears throat> and I've been thinking how he's really let himself go in that kind of, he doesn't seem to give a shit anymore. His hair's not even growing into a nice start. It's a bit of a mess. And it got me to thinking, with the current crop of often quite young drivers, what will they look like in their last few races? So, <laughs> Max Verstappen will probably just be hitting puberty. Um, I reckon Charles Leclerc will get French fat. And I know he's Monegasque, but you know what French fat, you know, like he'll be wearing like shirts with open, just the, the, everything's just... Looks like he eats a lot of pâté. Yeah, pâté fat. Perez will go totally bold. George Russell will have a UKIP themed helmet. I've got just <laughs> now I've, I've realised what I don't like about him. I bet he's a massive UKIPper. Carlos Sainz will have one of those lower goatees. You know the one that's just the chin bit. What's that called? Like a soul patch. Yeah, that's it. Soul patch. Um, Lewis Hamilton will only wear leather and earrings, but will not give up that he's ninety eight. So he'll be very grizzled. Lando Norris will wear an eye patch after the incident. Uh, <laughs> Ocon will be gaunt. Fernando Alonso will never change. Valtteri Bottas' arse would have sagged. Sebastian Vettel will keep his new metal look. Daniel Ricciardo won't be fucking smiling anymore because that's what he looks like now. Uh, Kevin Magnussen's balls will be around his ankles. Pierre Gasly will have overly white teeth. Lance Stroll will have a lot of bad plastic surgery. Yuki Snowden will be even shorter. Mick Schumacher will look a lot more like his real dad, Ralph. Um, <laughs> Joe Ganyu will be bold and fat. Alexander Albon will go full-on gangster with a hat and everything. Nicholas Latifi, who? And Nick DeFries will have a tattooed face. Nice. <laughs> I can absolutely see Lance Stroll having a lot of bad plastic surgery, like a, yeah. like a Vegas showman. <laughs> to the point, it'll probably be, his face will be the, the solid shape of the helmet and he, from where he has plastic surgery oh, and puts the helmet God, on. I can see that so much. And then I thought, as we're in America, and it's the land of LA and movies and Hollywood, and Brad Pitt's making a film about Formula One, I thought, who would play each team in a Formula One film? <laughs> So, Red Bull will be played by Harvey Weinstein because he doesn't play by the rules either. Um, Ferrari will be played by Adam Sandler because he's so kooky. Um, Mercedes will be that German guy from that Tarantino film. Um, Alpine would be a black and white actor. <laughs> um, McLaren would be Alicia Silverstone. Uh, Alfa Romeo would be that guy that's always in that thing. You know, what's his name? Aston Martin will coax Sean Connery out of retirement and probably kill him. Haas will be Matthew Modine because... Who? Um, <laughs> Alpha Tower will be Michael Sarah because they're really young. And Williams will be a silent movie star, also dead. Nice. Nice. I feel like that my only criticism would be that Alicia Silverstone should be um, Aston Martin because they're basically. I know, silent. that was the original thing, yeah. but then Sean Connery came into my head and it was funny. Yeah. They'd have to. Uh, I'd street to see how Aston Martin bringing him back to life. That'd be a documentary. What? Sean Connery died last year. Did he? Yeah. You really have been Did away he? too long. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
You're Googling Sean Connery. <laughs> Might even have been this I'm year. not a robot. <gasps> oh. Oh, I'm sorry to break it to you live on the podcast. If you it's would like to send... It was the week. It was the 31st of October. Oh, there you go. If you would like to Wait send a uh, commissary... Wait a minute. It was the 31st of October oh. 2020. It was two years ago. What? Was it really? Whoa. Blimey. Time Whoa. flies when you get older. Oh, you I could have told me dead. this year, and I believe you. Anyway. We should have Jeez. saved this for off-air, because uh, Terry's anyway. going to need some time. Sorry, Terry. If you want to send Terry a pint to let him uh, get over this terrible Drown news. If you send me a pint, send I can pint. do my Sean Connery impression. ff one ish I'm not doing it now, because you haven't sent me a pint. <laughs> <laughs> That's a London gangster again, I think, wasn't it? And now, for Man of the Match of Driving. Fernando Alonso. Ah, money penny. Ah. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. So there was a graphic in the race trying to explain to newbie fans that whilst an F1 car is fast, a safety car is also fast, albeit not as fast. Well, how can we visualise this? Well, they're going to use the most useless statistic since that flag is as big as a football pitch, the family car. (laughs) So if you didn't see the graphic... It said that F1 car is fastest, a safety car is second fastest, and a family car is less fast. <laughs> why have that kind of graphic if you're not immediately going to bring on Marco Andretti finally getting his F1 revenge in a Honda Civic? <laughs> F1 needs to appeal to more people who don't wear watches and can see their own penises when they pee, and not just work out where the penis is from the stream of piss and the compass on their squillion pound watch. But what would a family car be doing in Formula One? Well, don't worry, I have a solution. We've had a few races where people have been getting into trouble for going further than 10 car lengths between them and the next car during the safety car. And this is dangerous. Those cars have got to be as close together as they can, otherwise it's unsafe. I don't understand. But how can we help this happen? The family car! It comes around. Maybe now it's a Golf GTI raced by a teenager. And like an angry border collie barking at some sheep, they have to wrestle that car around to stop any F1 drivers being so slow that they suffer the ignominy of being overtaken by Jeremy Clarkson Jr., I mean, Golf GTI is quite a nice family car. My knowledge of cars comes from watching Top Gear, mm. which means I don't know anything. Mm. I would say so something like GTIs? something like a uh, Ford Ford C Max, maybe. I've or never a heard of it. Ford Galaxy That's a chocolate bar. Nice. Maybe a maybe a Kia Cerato. I think I've been there. That is it from us. Is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Porsche, who we know from a few weeks ago are not being in F1 anymore in the future. Unless, maybe they are. Apparently talks. They're going on with someone. We haven't got time to talk about it. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about Martin Brundle threatening... Is it Adam Buxton? No, Will Buxton. (laughs) It's a very different story. (laughs) With telling him he's a liar about Brad Pitt. I don't really understand what's going on. But we haven't got time to talk about it. Anyway, it's going to be a fight. We'll be back next week to discuss the Mexican Grand Prix in Old Mexico. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? FF1S.com forward slash flag, flag, flag. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. Over to Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.
Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.